and um, to this day, they are definitely my go-tos, my sisters. They're, you know, they're doing amazing things. They, some of them have started nonprofits and um, created their own organizations. They're doing things. The Imani Speak Show. Dr. McGay, Dr. Lakeisha McGay, are you there? I am here. How are you? I am really good. I'm really honoured and blessed to have you on the show. I've really been looking forward to you, you coming on. Um, can you. you just share, before I've got questions for you, lots of questions, but before we go there, can you just share a little bit about your background? Sure. So um, I am a um, therapist and a life coach. Um, I was an educator for 20 years, almost 20 years, I worked for Chicago Public Schools. Um, I, I currently live in California, but I'm from Chicago. Um, I've been here about six years now. I am a mom to four and a, a new recent grandma, uh, just three days, three days. I, I'm a me mom. My, my grandson was born three days ago. Thank you. Um, uh, I am an author. Um, I've wrote a couple of books, and I am a CEO of a uh, nonprofit organization called Heal Her Two Foundation. And it's because the biggest thing I am a survivor. I'm a breast cancer survivor. Uh, clean for the last 19 months now. So God is good. Yes. You know, you've come out the other side, and you're here to tell, you know, your story. Um, you know, Lakeisha, just in awe of what you do and all the different things you've um, been involved in. And I know recently as well, um, you've become, you know, as we, Dr. Lakeisha McGay. And can you, can you start, can we start with that? Can you tell us how that came about and how do you feel that you were able to accom- make this big accomplishment? Oh my God, that, that was like, um, <laughs> I think it was going to take me out more than cancer was <laughs> because um, it, it's been such a long journey, such a hard process because I've had to um, stop so many times. And once you stop your dissertation, it's like starting all over. So I've stopped several times. Once um, when I was assistant principal, it was just too much to do. I had a young baby, I was a wife and I had a business and you know I was working full time, so I stopped. Um, then my, my dad passed and I stopped again. I, I needed time. I relocated after a divorce. I stopped again. And then when breast cancer came along, I stopped again for a while. Um, but it was something that I was determined to, to finish. One thing that you know anyone knows about me is that I'm very determined. Once I set my mind to something, I'm going to do it. I don't care how long it takes, I'm going to get it done. So it was something that I I could not stop until I completed the assignment. So it took forever, took forever. Wow. (laughs) But I did it. I believe in, you know, perseverance. I just believe in completing the task. You know, you cannot move to your next level, to that next journey until you complete the task at hand. 
Yeah, I, I love that, you know, that determination. Um, because I, I think that that's the thing, isn't it? It, it doesn't matter how long it takes and what, it's the thing of always still get, you know, once that situation or that thing that's sort of the setback, you carry on. So you're continually focused, even though they yes. might have been setbacks. And I think that that's what's yeah. really important here. And, um, you know, yes. well done to you and congratulations. I'm so happy for you, so proud of you. And um, thank you know, you so much. How are your family? How are your family feeling? Um, you know, what was what was that like? You know, for them to see what you'd gone through with the health issue, and for you to be able to kind of um, go through this and come out the other side. You know, uh, well, you know a winner. You, your family gets the dissertation with you, so we've all gotten this PhD. So. Um, they go through it with you. They do. Um, my children and my mother are extremely, extremely supportive. Um, not just, you know, my, my biological family, but my, my village, my friends. Um, they're very, very supportive. They're all pushing me and encouraging me. Um, we've all gotten this degree. I'm telling you, we've all gotten it. Um, I think it's important to just to show my kids so that my children want to aspire to do something better than I've done. That's my whole goal is wanting them to be better and to just, you know, supersede what I've done and do more. So we've all got it. That's, that's the bottom line. We've all got this degree. <laughs> You know, that's so beautiful because, um, you know, obviously you're doing it, you're pouring so much into what you're doing, but in the back of your mind, you also have a reason for doing. And I would say that is definitely going to be a, a propelling force that definitely keeps you going because obviously your children, yes. you know, they, you know, they are obviously the most precious part of your life and you know they're going to carry you through with the dna and the memories and everything that you stand for so it's really beautiful yes. that you're thinking way ahead um for yes. them and um yeah that's so that's so amazing um you know you do so many things you're also uh, a coach a life coach you you develop you is, do you work with is it women specifically i i can't remember so, you know, we all have, we have our babies, you know, who we want to birth and what we want to really work with. And I, my babies are women. And I think it's because I'm a woman. I've been through so much in my life that I feel like I can help other women get, you know, to where they want to go because I have so much experience and I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. I share. So I, women are my babies. However, I've had men to ask and, you know, I've coached them too, so I'm open. Because coaching is, you know, certainly, as you said, you know, there's that feeling of you, you're so protective of your clients and what have you. And um, is this something that you've always wanted to do? Is And did it, did it sort of um, connect with what you were already doing out there in the world? So... As a child, I wanted to be a lawyer and I almost went to law school and that was what I wanted to do. I took an assessment when I was in college and the assessment said, you know, you really should be a social worker. The things that you love and want to do, you love working with people, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, a social worker? So I became a social worker and um, I did that, as I said, for 20 years and it was great. I love working with people 
And in any capacity that I can help someone, that's what I want to do. I want people to reach their, their full potential to be the best that they can be. And sometimes you just need a little push for that. Sometimes you just need a little focus. So yes, coaching, life coaching, and but in a different kind of way. With a, a coach, coaching um, your clients, they drive. You know, you help them to get to where they want to go. With therapy, you're helping a person to come back to be the best, the, the whole person that they can be because of different things that have taken place in their lives. So they, they both deal with people. They both help people to become better. And that's super important for me. So for you being a coach, it's really important to um, help people to find, you know, find their dreams. And then the, the, the bit that is really important and really difficult, go for the dream. And um, you're, you're about them sort of moving forward. And as you said in the beginning there, no matter what setbacks, you're there to help them navigate around those obstacles or setbacks and arrive at their dreams. Um, what I ask you with with the um, with coaching and um, obviously you wanted to be a lawyer so again you wanted to help people so you've always been somebody who has wanted to see people get to where they they want to go and how did that show up for you how did that show up for you in terms of friendships and you know people were people always confiding in you were people always sharing things with you that maybe they didn't always find it easy to share with other people Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I can remember as early as just being a little girl and always feeling like um, I was a, a little adult because I've always had this ability to for people to listen, to talk to me and listen, and I can give great advice to help someone. And this has just always been a thing. So I'm definitely grateful for that gift because it's, it, it is definitely a gift that people feel that they can trust you and talk to you. Definitely. And um, no doubt you have already changed and, and touched lives. I, I want to jump forward to, um, and I don't know how much of this you want to talk about, but, you know, obviously you, you've achieved so much or you achieved so much to a, to a certain point, And then this, you got ill. Can you talk to us about um, or what, I, what I'd say, how you know, wherever you feel comfortable starting talking about that, because here you are, you know, looking beautiful, healthy, and thriving. You know, what you know, how did this situation come about? You know, when did you notice, and what was you know, what was the, what was the beginning stage for you? So, um, I was diagnosed in November of 2018 after a few months of noticing that I had um, this brown spot in my bra and um, kind of ignoring it, not not really thinking that it was cancer, just thinking, oh, you know, maybe I, I nicked my nipple or something, just was not paying attention to it. There had been a lump in my breasts as well, and I had had mammograms every year. So, you know, if your mammogram is coming back clean, seeing that, you're okay, but you have this lump in your breast that's been there for a few years that I could remember when I go back. I just didn't, just the the ignorance of not paying attention. um, And and it's so crazy because I go to the doctor for a paper cut. So just the ignorance of not paying attention to my body at that time. Um, So after being home in Chicago for 
um, a little bit. I came back and um, I went to the doctor and of course my doctor was concerned and she sent me to see a specialist. Specialist said, oh, it's okay, you're, you're gonna be fine. Um, the doctor and uh, the oncologist and I was like, okay. So he sent me out for a biopsy and um, the, the, the young technician who was doing it, he said, when I asked him, I said, do you think it's going to be cancer? He was like, well, I can't really say off the record, but I, I think it is. You know, he saw the tumor and he was like, I think it is. So fast forward after the biopsy and everything comes back, my doctor calls and she knows that I'm just the kind of person, just give it to me, tell me what it is so we can get started on doing what we're going to do. And I was on a tour, a high school tour with my daughter, and she was like, well, Keisha, um, your results came back, and it's positive. And I was like, positive for what? You know, just <laughs> being silly, like, positive for what? <laughs> and she said, um, you have breast cancer. And I was like, wow, okay. She said, it's, um, um, ductal carcinoma, though, so it's not that bad. And I was like, okay, cool. I, I had no clue what that was. I, I had no clue what any of that meant so i got off the phone with her checked my daughter in and immediately went to the bathroom and had a few moments like i you know tears just flowed because i'm like i don't know what's going on i felt this sense of embarrassment i still don't know why to this day i felt embarrassed but i did i felt the sense of embarrassment um i called my mother i called my sister and um you know they were crying we were upset we were talking about it we got through it so fast forward to another appointment and um that's when they tell me no it's not ductal carcinoma you have her two positive er positive and progesterone positive pr positive and your stage two almost three because there are three lumps in my breast the one that i had been feeling but there was one large in my chest walls as well that i would have never felt or never seen had this not happened had you know my nipple not been bleeding i would have never saw that long because it was in my chest and you know i just wouldn't have felt it and then there was a, another one like um clock nine nine o'clock or somewhere around there I, I don't remember exactly um so they told me that they would not be able to save my left boob at all because it, because of the, the sizes of the um, tumors, they would have had to remove the whole breast. I didn't have the option of doing a lumpectomy. I would have had to have a mastectomy. So um, instead of doing one, I said, you know what, just take them both. So I did a, a bilateral mastectomy, um, mastectomy. And um, um, after that, about a month later, I started chemo did 19 rounds of chemo and 35 rounds of radiation. I do think it's 35. They also took eight lymph nodes out of my arm. So I still experienced a lot of complications. Well, I'm not gonna say complications, but a lot of um, pain and discomfort. My arm is still numb. And this my, my surgery was in 2019 of January and we're now in 2021. And my arm is still numb and swells up. Uh, so I still experienced like lymphedema, experience um, neuropathy, um, excruciating like cramps and pains in my legs. So I see a neurologist still. Um, you know, the after effects of chemo are just as bad as when you're going through chemo. My memory is um, 
it's not the best. That's another thing that took, why it took me so long for the dissertation. I just I couldn't remember. Um, my chair was amazing. She talked me through, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I do know that. But, okay, back to the story. So my memory still has a lot of problems. Um, just things that you experience after chemo because chemo affects the good and the bad the healthy cells the bad cells so your body has to come back and it takes some time you know um, i'm still very lethargic i know people see me all the time and i'm out but uh true story last night we had a community event and i had laundry on the bed and when i got in i passed out on top of the laundry i just did not have the energy to move my laundry, I was so tired because I still do get very tired, very lethargic, very weak. Um, so people, like I said, they see me out, but then they don't know the two or three days after that I'm in the bed or I'm tired or um, I'm just weak, you know, things of that nature. They just see the, they see me when I'm out and I'm feeling well, but there's still so many side effects to chemo after the fact. Um, but through all of that, I have no complaints. I still, I still feel like I'm blessed because I'm here to tell the story. I'm here to talk about the, you know, the things that are happening, the, the after effects. And there are so many women who do not survive. African American women, the mortality rate is 40%. And I need to check the, the most recent numbers, um, but it was 40% that we die. In comparison to our Caucasian counterparts, because of the lack of early detection, um, which saves lives, early detection is key. It, it gives you options. So, you know, treatment plans, um, resource insurance, that's, that's one of the things that I want to lobby for is that all breast cancer, breast cancer patients should receive the, the, and not just breast cancer, cancer should receive the utmost, the best treatment possible. And it should be the same across the board. But some people are, they don't have insurance, but they do have it, it lacks, they, their options are not the same. And this is, that's the, the difference in life and death. So, um, it's just, it's so much that goes along with breast cancer that I had no clue about, that I didn't even know existed. Um, there's so many different kinds of breast cancer that I didn't even know existed. Um, HER2 positive, ER positive, triple negative, ductal carcinoma. Um, it, it's, it's just a level, and I, I didn't know any of them myself. Um, so there, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. So myself and 11 counterparts we wrote a book called 12 shades of breast cancer and in this book we tell our stories we talk about the treatment we talk about the sicknesses we talk about losing um businesses homes spouses um one of uh, my my authors co-authors was pregnant during the time one of my co-authors is a um, two-time breast cancer survivor who also her daughter now is a second time being affected by it for the second time her own, her own younger sister was affected by it now her youngest sister is also fighting it along with her daughter her mother is a survivor um, we had one male in the book breast cancer affects men two to three percent 
we had a meal in the book um and we all just told our stories we all just shared what we went through and what could help you know the little secret things that helped us when we were going through and we stressed we stressed we stressed i had a, a, a lady yesterday was telling me that her cousin passed because she was afraid to go to the doctor and find out when she did find out when she did get the nerve to go she's a stage four she didn't have any options that's why early detection is key because it provides options for you so um we have to continue to talk about it because october is breast cancer month breast cancer awareness month but breast cancer happens every day every day it does not go away it happens every day and people really need to realize that that this is not something that just changes or goes away overnight it doesn't until there's a cure this is what we deal with and that's what we want we want a cure we want the people who can come up with cures to come up with a cure that's what we need you know just hearing your story and everything you know and just hearing how even though after the operation and obviously you're so happy and grateful that you're still here to be you know to be able to kind of um, tell the story and to be with your family and do all the wonderful things that you've been doing but it's just hearing you go through it it just sounds a lot and the fact that you still have you know some issues even you know even today after two years how you your your you know your lethargy and not always feeling on top of things and it's like you said i don't think people i think people hear about it and don't really understand you know what goes what happens to a person what really you know the world, yeah and um i know this group i wanted to ask you more about the group because i know um the people people who's who join this they've gone through the same thing and what was it like for you to have you know people around because obviously you've got your family you've got your friends but what is it like to have people that have gone through the same experience and you know you can almost finish each other's sentences they know what you've gone through you don't you know you know and they know what was that like and and i think that's a great thing that you put the group together and how did you put the group together how did you find these people um some of the people were recommended word of mouth um some of them had when they found out that i had breast cancer they inboxed me and they shared their stories and said i went through this too and I didn't tell anyone. I was like, "Oh my God, how did you make it?" Um, so that, and then I actually had put a post down and said, "Hey, um, anyone interested in sharing their story who's a breast cancer survivor?" And people stepped up. So um, having those people was amazing because, as you said we knew the struggle you know they didn't have to have a phd they didn't have to have any degree they were the experts because they had experienced this thing themselves so who better to tell the story to give advice to share than someone who's gone through this and that's what it was they were the experts they were amazing and um to this day they are definitely 
my go-tos, my sisters, they're, you know, they're doing amazing things. They, some of them have started nonprofits and um, created their own organizations. They're doing things, you know, just the way that they want to do them. Um, but they're out here, they're sharing, they're giving it back. And you know what I want to ask you is this is is the group the people who took part in the book and also who are part of the group is it global is it is it people from different places or is it just yes okay yes wow, wow. Mm-hmm. so yeah so I, I feel I just feel that it's a great thing to have people especially when you go through something that is really. I mean, I, I can't, I don't think I can put the right words to, to to describe it. But when you've gone through something that is really out of your, you know, anything you've ever gone through before, and I'm sure this is probably something that you wasn't expecting. Like you said, you were doing everything. And that's the thing that I feel when people hear what you're saying, you know, you were going for your, um, your yearly mammograms and what have you. And this still happened. And what would you say, what would you say to people who you know maybe feel oh you know you mentioned as a young lady who was too scared to go what would you say to people to help them to put the fear of you know hearing about it and also and, and you know weigh it up so that they don't put themselves in a position where they have no choice they have nothing they, they you know they might not be here anymore because they left it too late um i always say i'd rather know and be here to fight then don't know and don't have an option to fight. That's the problem with not going to get your checkup, not making sure that everything is okay. You run the risk of not having a choice but to die. And you don't want to do that. So the best thing to do is, you know, either you're afraid of dying or you're afraid of living and fighting. That's the best way that I can put it because that's honestly what it is. Yeah, that's really powerful. Um, it's it's really just looking at the context. And I feel that when people are too scared to go and get checked, it's only because they're so focused on, you know, oh my gosh, and they're not focused on, oh, you know, if I don't do this, I'm not just going to hurt me. What, you know, I'm going to hurt my family. I think, I think if people are able to kind of, um, you know, focus on the bigger picture, then, you know, they will make a decision that um, could save their lives as it, you know, it did for you. Um, wow. So can you tell people about the, the name of the book, how they can get hold of the book? And, I, you know, we'll, we'll go on to some more and come back to this because this is, you know, a huge, you know, huge subject. So um, the, the first book, A Breast Cancer Journey, is called 12 Shades of Breast Cancer. Um, they can purchase it on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Or they can go to uh, my website as well, which is um, www.lakeisha, L-A-K-E-I-S-H-A, McGee, dot com, And um, it's, it's on the website. And I also wrote another book called Smashing Through the Brick, the Brick Wall. It's an anthology also with 12 women where we tell our powerful true stories and how we conquered over those things. Now, in this one, I didn't talk about breast cancer. I talked about being a teenage mother. So, um, yeah, 
that one's also on my website um, as well. So when I tell you that um, God has been good to me and he's allowed me to just overcome adversities, he has been so good to me. He has. And that was going to be my next question, you know, your spiritual, you know, your spiritual journey and your, the fact that you have something to hold on to in difficult times and your personal development and, you know, all the things that you've done to make you the, the person that you are today. How important is it to have, to have you know, that, that inner guide to be inner led? Um, so... Um, I, I, I'm technically a licensed minister. I was licensed as a minister some years ago. And, um, what I've learned over the years, though, is that it's not about, it's not about just the licensing. It's, it's about that, that personal one-on-one that you have with with God, it's it's about that relationship, developing that. It's about making sure that I'm I'm talking to Him daily, and I'm listening to him daily, and I'm trying to the Word to please Him. That's what it's more about. Um, I, I had to kind of remove myself a little bit more from um, traditional religion because that's what it was. It became traditional religion, and now I'm more focused on the personal relationship just more of that um so i i love god i i read my bible i pray i talk to my my kids about it um i'm you're always going to hear me say that god is amazing he did everything he's doing if we sit and have a conversation we can talk about the bible all day long because um i know the word i believe in the word i trust the word but i i've really focused on just trusting him more, just trusting my instincts with him because I'm connected to him. So um, I, I don't think I can do anything in life without without him because I know he covers me. There's been too many things in my life to happen and I beat the odds. And I know that it was not me, that it was only him. Even when I found out I had breast cancer, the first thing that I heard him say was, all sickness is not unto death. So I knew immediately that I would be okay, that it's a journey. You know, everybody has to experience the ups and downs, but I knew that I would be okay in the end. I didn't know exactly what I would, what he wanted me to do. That I didn't know, but I knew that it was purpose behind this. Um, as a therapist, as a, a coach, I had experienced so many things in life, but I had never experienced the healing power of being sick. I had been healed in a divorce, healed in, um, you know, being a teenage mom and the things that go through with that. I had been healed in so many other areas, healed in um, losing. At one time, I owned several properties, so I filed bankruptcy and I got, you know, I had healed in all of those areas except a, a, a physical sickness. That was the only area that I had not been hit with. So when I became sick, I knew that this was the like the culmination of this journey that I would be able to talk to people about healing in all areas now because I had experienced I experienced loss and death and I'd experienced it all. So now this was the you know the completion. Like okay, I can talk to you about being sick because I've been there. I know what it is to be sick as well. I know what it is to 
you know, not be able to get up and do anything for yourself and to be nervous. You know, every time I go for a checkup, I'm still concerned about, you know, what are they going to find? Is there, you know, I trust God's plan, but you still just a human nature and you always say, well, ooh, let me, you know, so I, I can do nothing without him is, is the bottom line is that everything I do, he's in the middle of it. And without him, I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, I, I'm, I'm a veteran. I've been in the military and I made it home safely and, you know, didn't have to, you know, so I, I have experienced so much in this life and, um, it's all because of him that I'm still here. You know, that's so beautifully said, um, Lakeisha, so beautifully said. You know, as you were talking there, I wanted to ask you, is there um, a scripture, a verse, a quote that, you know, when the tough times come, that carries you through that you would like to share with us? Um, I like one of my favorites is Jeremiah 29 and 11. That, that is like one of my favorites uh, because I just feel like no matter what, he knows the plans that he has for my life and I can't see it when I'm in the midst of it, but he already knows it's already accounted for. So that just keeps me focused to say, you know what? That's because he already knows the plans that he has for my life. So this right here is not going to take me out because I have so much more to do. Um, that is definitely, definitely one of my favorites. No, I, you know, just listening to you and, um, you know, knowing aspects of, of, of your story and um, just the way you, you, you're, you talk about it. And I, I, yeah, it's it's very touching. And anyone listening, I feel, who's either gone, you know, gone for it themselves or have family members or friends that, you know, and I, I, I know people who've been close to me who's gone through this. So this is really uh, an important um, subject and awareness. And earlier on, you were saying that you you really want to see, um, you want to lobby for this to, to, to be taken um, further where people don't have to go without insurance because, you know, they don't have to suffer because of, you know, lack of funds or what have you. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you feel in general how breast cancer, uh, because it is one of the the high cancers that, you know, people go through. How do you think it's seen and and dealt with? And, you know, what, what would you say? Do you feel that it's, yeah, it's fairly, it's dealt with fairly or do you feel you know, there could be a lot more, including, you know, making sure that everybody is able to go for testing and not miss out. So I feel like um, a couple of things. One, I feel like cancer in itself is just a big money maker. So um, I don't feel like we do enough to find it here because it makes so much money. Honestly, that's my personal opinion that it's a money maker, and because of that, we're not really focused on finding a cure. We're focused on um, putting a band-aid on it, and this is my own personal opinion. Um, secondly, I feel like insurance insurance in itself to me, healthcare in in the United States sucks. That you know, I look at Canada and healthcare is provided for all of their. Um, citizens regardless you know it's, it's provided i feel like the united states could do more to provide equitable health care for all of us across the board um but we have so many you got to pay for this and do this and do that so 
when that happens, sometimes your insurance don't cover certain things and they don't get the treatment that they need. And that, you know, puts your life at risk. It, it, it allows people, you know, unfortunately, it, it kills people. So, yeah. And that, that's the thing, isn't it? We, we're living in the, the modern world. We live in the modern world and, uh, you know, there's so much advancement. Um, and for people to, and like you said, you know, the, this is more of a, it is horrible to say, it is horrible to say, but it's so evident, isn't it? Moneymaker, as opposed to let's really do something about this and save lives and, um, you know, create health you know focus more on health focus on helping people to to have health and that's the thing Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the time do you feel it's more you know it's more focused on um you know maybe sort of doing the latest this and the latest that but not necessarily looking at people in a broad perspective and saying how can we help people you know to you know not get this or how can we help people in a way you know to prevent the 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 pain and suffering that occurs and even so you know more you know even worse people losing their life to cancer year after year after year and um Mm -hmm. you know i know that um so many you know everywhere you go you see things like and a a lady who came on recently on the show she did a a, she made a movie about you know breast cancer the, the pink ribbon and she was saying something similar to what you're saying and is there anything that you think people do you think people themselves do you think that we as a you know globally um locally what have you are um are doing are, are coming together maybe enough because obviously you've formed a group with people who's gone for it do you think it needs even more people um people coming together and really making that the one of the main mandates that that um is looked at and dealt with you know because it is it is serious everyone knows somebody who's gone through cancer and breast cancer is definitely f- for women you know one of the main cancers that we we hear about or we absolutely. go through. Mm-hmm. absolutely so in my personal opinion again i feel like more research needs to be done more effective research needs to be done where we're looking for a cure and where we really you know, are coming up with, I feel like, because cancer makes so much money that our focus is not on finding the cure. Now, of course, there are some people out here that are trying their best to find a cure. Yes, and I applaud those people, and I would love to work with those people who are trying to do that. But as a whole, um, our system, I feel like, is failing us. We cannot come up with a cure for cancer in all of this time. All of this, we put people on the moon. We got people. Yeah, we got people just doing. I mean, we got cars that we got airplanes flying. We got, and we can't come up with a cure for cancer. I, I don't, I don't understand it. So, since we can't. We definitely should have better healthcare surrounding the disease. It should be mandatory and not something that anyone has to miss out on, especially when we talk about, you know, we're in the 21st century, this is a modern world and, you know, we've had so many advancements. And like you said, mm-hmm. you know, why not? You know, why not this this disease? Why not 
um, why hasn't things changed? Um, right. Yeah, I don't. What I yeah, I don't want to. Um, you know, because there's so many good things that's you know you've got you've done and you know here you are author here you are life coach here you are with your you know phd and making a difference go ahead go ahead i'm sorry i I just want to say the one thing though that there's not a cure and of course that's my my focus is a cure but i am grateful for the options that i had to be here to still see my children um that's the reason i did the chemo even though it killed all the good cells with the bad cells i did chemo because it provided me an option to still be here to see my children so of course my my focus my push is for a a cure but i'm grateful for those options of being able to do chemo do radiation have holistic um you know because i did holistic for a little bit too I'm grateful for those other options. You know, that's beautiful because this is this is the whole thing, isn't it? You are here today to share your story. You're here today to be with your children and your the rest of your family. And you're also helping people and you know, you're also looking at what can you, you know, what can you do to push for that cure to to, to go forward. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but I, you know, I, I would say everything with all that you've gone through and with all that you've achieved, um, you, you know, what would you say? To, what would you say to anybody who might be, you know, might be struggling with something? It might be a health issue. It might be a relationship issue. It might be, you know, work. You know, lost a job or with with um obviously with the lockdown over the last eighteen months, so many people lost jobs, lost lost businesses. What would you say to anybody who's listening? who might be feeling that you know they, they've lost their mojo they don't feel they feel numb about life they don't don't feel that they can get up and go they just feel that weighed down by the obstacles what would you say to them to help them to kind of get that push take that push and you know go forward um i would tell them to well one i would say that they're the expert on them you know you are the expert on you I would say have that conversation with yourself and push yourself, you know, get back connected with God, have those conversations, ask him to increase your your territory, to give you those creative ideas again, to send you the resources, the connections, the people that you need to move. Um, Just reevaluate you as a person, what you're doing, where you're at, and just that whole fight with you and God and just go for it go for it push yourself go for it don't give up on you if you don't believe in you then who else will no matter how long it takes you know um what is it delay doesn't mean deny it's just delayed so just keep pushing keep pushing wow so you know what does the future hold for dr mcgee what what are your what yeah are you, are, do you are you someone who plans ahead and you're thinking two three four five years ahead or do you go with the flow or do you do a bit of both um 
I, these days I do a bit of both. Um, I, I just had a conversation yesterday with God and was asking him to do all of those things that I just said for others to do. I've asked him to, okay, show me what's next, you know, allow me to see what you see. Um, close the doors of things that are not supposed to be there for me in the first place and just give me the tenacity to keep going and keep pushing for what's next you know show me the way because sometimes our vision is clouded and we need him to show us the way so lord show me the way so that's where i'm at whatever he has in store for what's next i believe in um, you know, doing your best to create multiple strings of income. And I, I believe in trying to create a legacy for your children, but I also believe in helping and, and, um, you know, being a resource for others, um, you know, just paying it forward, paying back what was given to you. So that's where I'm at. You know, and what I'd ask you, if anyone wants to take part in your coaching, you know, is there like a consultation and what what, what sort of um, areas do you cover? So they can go to um, my website, which is once again, www.LakeishaMcGee.com and they can um, set up a uh, consult on there. Um, coaching is personal. It really depends on what the person is working on, what they want to develop in. Um, I'm, I'm all about helping people to reach that full potential by seeing who they are and what they can really do. We, we sometimes just lack the confidence and don't see that I have everything I need to really move to the next level. It's in me. You just need somebody to help you get what's in you out. So, no, that's really, really powerful. Um, wow. Is there anything else? Is there anything that I haven't asked? Is there any events? Is there anything that you're doing? You know, maybe online um, people could be involved in. Well, people can always be involved in giving, donating to my nonprofit, um, which is Heal Her Two Foundation. Um, the email, the website address is www.healherher, the number two, um, foundation.org. And we are always, we're, we're always accepting blessings because we're always doing work at the foundation. Um, our goal is to be able to help as many survivors who are going through treatment as we can, because we know that, you know, when I was in treatment, I, I would see people who were by themselves who didn't have, who liked funding, who uh, needed rides to and fro. Um, so we want to be able to provide that. So if any listeners is listening and they know someone at um, the bigger, higher up corporations that can get us a van that can help us to get, get clients back and forth to chemo and doctor's appointments, radiation, help us. We're, we're open. We are a 501c3. Um, thank God we are. So any any connections, we're open. Um, and um, yeah, that's it.